You are listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold, episode 9. Dream for you, dream for me, dream for others. And now your host, award-winning life and business coach, Naomi Arnold. Howdy. I hope you've been enjoying the new podcast direction so far, and I'm guessing if you're listening to this right now, you're not sick of me yet. (laughs) I'm hoping this episode will end up being particularly useful to you. I thought I would talk to you today about making decisions, and I'm not talking about little decisions, I'm talking about big decisions. You know, those ones that you get stuck on, the ones that you're not feeling a big yes or a heck no to, you know, the ones where you've done that pros and cons list and you're still feeling stuck, the ones where you might have a little inkling about what you want to do, but fear or your inner critic is making you hesitate from moving forward with it. I don't know about you, but I've had these moments many times before where I've thought over and over and over about something and I just can't make a decision. I know that a lot of my life and business coaching clients frequently find themselves in that predicament too. So I'm sure you can resonate or will find yourself one day anyway stuck trying to choose between option A or option B and think, oh, that's that feeling that Naomi was talking about in that podcast episode. And when you find yourself in that moment, you'll be able to use the framework that I'm going to explain to you today. It's what I use and it's what I give my clients to use when they find themselves in this situation too. If you have a moment and if it's safe to do so, you might like to open the notes section of your phone or pull out your journal so you can record the journal prompts I'm about to share for future reference. But if not, that's okay. I'm going to talk you through the process and you can easily return to this episode if you ever need to use the strategy that I'm suggesting. So the first thing I do when I'm confused or stuck on a decision that needs to be made is I heartstorm. I'm deliberately saying heartstorm here because the brainstorm part is often easier or it comes more naturally anyway. We can often easily dump all the options from our head onto a page, but connecting to our heart or to our intuition or whatever terminology resonates with you to seek out the options is often not considered. So I'm not saying not to brainstorm, please do. I'm just using the word heartstorm to trigger your brain to consider options you may have otherwise missed. At this stage, don't assess whether the option is feasible or not. Just put them all down on the page. And for some decisions, there might not be options. It might be just, should I do this or shouldn't I? For other decisions, you might have a range of options to choose from. There's no right or wrong way of doing it. Just get into that brainstorm, heartstorm mode and write down all of the different options, whether they only be a couple or many. Once you've done this, I will then invite you to answer a series of questions against each and every option. So you're to go through each option and ask these questions. Those questions are, 
One, what is the best that could happen if I do this? Two, what is the worst that could happen if I do this? Three, what is the best that could happen if I don't do this? Four, what is the worst that could happen if I don't do this? And then five, after you have gone through these questions, how are you intuitively feeling? What do you feel you should do? Now let's use a decision that I found myself stuck on a few years back when I was considering enrolling in a life coaching course, but I wasn't sure about the investment at the time or whether that course would be suitable for me. For simplicity, let's just explore the question, should I enroll in the life coaching course or not? Question number one. So that was, what is the best that could happen if I do this? Now, this was about five years ago now, so we're relying on my memory here. But I imagine it was things like I could end up loving it and learning a lot. I could end up feeling more confident about offering services in the self-help space By the time I'm finished, I will have launched my business as a certified life coach and I could be seeing clients right away. It could lead to me having a successful business and being able to leave my current job. I was in government at the time. As a result, I might be able to have more flexibility and possibly we could move to the beach and I could work from home. I might be able to support people in living their version of a healthy, happy and purposeful life. I could meet amazing people and build friendships with other coaches and business owners who get me. It would balance my psychology qualifications and my government experience with a different skill set and approach, making my ability to serve in a quality way more robust. I might quickly make back the investment in the course through offering coaching while I build out my other services and offerings over time. So these are some examples of things I probably wrote in my journal in response to that question. So the question was, what is the best that could happen if I chose this option? The things I might love, the opportunities that might become available, the absolute best case scenario. Question two, what is the worst that could happen if I chose this option? Again, using the example of the life coaching course, I was undecided about my answers to this question at the time probably included things like, I might end up disliking the course and finding that it does not align with the direction I want to head in. I might not make back my investment and if I don't enjoy the course, that might feel like a complete waste of money and I will already feel really financially set back before launching my business. I might not end up using what I learn. I might reach the end of the course not feeling clear or confident in what I'm going to offer. I might end the course thinking I'm a terrible coach. I might end the course still not feeling ready to work with people. 
still not feeling ready to support them in finding their way to live a healthy, happy and purposeful life. People I care about might judge me and think what I'm doing is foolish or silly. So again, the question here is, what is the absolute worst, the absolute worst that could happen? If all my fears came true and it ended up being the most terrible decision in the world, what might happen to make it so? You'll find that sometimes you will feel something click already by the time you start answering question two. For example, you might begin to realize that the absolute worst that can happen is not realistic and that your inner critic is taking you on a ride. And in those cases, you might like to use the process for working through fears and the inner critic. I think that was episode eight. So you might like to go back and listen to that episode and work through some of those fears and stories. And in other cases, you will begin to realize that these are legit reasons and a big no might clearly emerge. Or you might start to feel a little whisper of a yes starting to shine. But then if you're still not sure, you can, of course, keep working through to question three. Question three was, what is the best that could happen if you don't choose the option? For me, I likely wrote things down like, I'd go back to the cycle of researching my options. I might find something that's better suited. I might find the answers on my own. But there's still a lot of uncertainty. The best that could happen is that I would still, it just wasn't that great. (laughs) I couldn't think of many things to list as the best that might happen if I didn't go with the course. So again, that question is, what was the best that could happen if you don't choose that option? So if I didn't sign up for the course, what could be the absolute best thing that would result from that? If the answer is starting to lean toward a no to that option, you might find that you have an abundance of reasons listed against this question and you will start to feel clear that it is a no. But if the answer is starting to lean toward a yes, you might find yourself in a similar scenario to what I did and that was realizing that it was actually a pretty sad scenario in response to this question. The best that could happen wasn't that fab. You'll like look at your answers and you will think to yourself, oh my gosh, the best that could happen if I don't do this is way more terrifying than what I think the worst that could happen if I do do it is. You get my drift? Then question four, what is the worst that could happen if I don't choose this option? So I could remain in the same place I have been for the past eight to 10 years, unable to decide what action to take when it comes to changing my career. I could keep searching and analyzing and searching and analyzing the same cycle I've been doing for like ever. I will have to stay in the job that makes me unhappy. I won't feel like I have hope or a potential light at the end of that tunnel nothing will change. I could miss out on finding the clarity and finally moving forward. I will continue to possibly feel unfulfilled and dissatisfied. So again, the question here is what is the worst that could happen if I don't choose this option? In my case, if I didn't go ahead with the course, what was the absolute worst case scenario? 
A lot of times, if your answer is leaning toward a yes to that option, you will find that the absolute worst case scenario out of all the possibilities is not choosing that option. And when you see that on the page, you realize that it's a bigger risk to say no than it is to say yes. In other scenarios, though, this list won't feel so burdensome and you'll start to feel a strong no, of course, start to settle in. You can then repeat this process for any other options that might be on the table. So for the example I shared, the other course I was considering at the time was a master in clinical psychology as I had previously done the Bachelor of Psych. So I went through the same questions for this option as well. Then the final question I asked after having worked through all the options was after considering my options, what do I intuitively feel about them? What do I intuitively feel I should do? Usually by this point, I have my answer, either through clarifying my responses to each question or because while I was going through the process and allowing space for that process, I could hear these little whispers or nudges that were coming up. I often find, and my clients do too, that when they're going through the process, they will become aware of themselves secretly starting to root for an option. So subtly trying to make one response sound more attractive or right than the others. And in those cases, you can then often admit to yourself, hey, it looks like I already know what I want to do. I already have my answer. It's time to trust myself here. Then the questions can be used for risk mitigation. So if you decide an option is clearly a yes because there's these little internal nudges willing it to be so, but you do know there are some legitimate concerns and risks, you can now work through these. So how can you mitigate those risks? What can you do to protect yourself? What can you do to reduce the likelihood that they might occur? And what can you do to prepare for the worst case scenario? Is there any support that you can seek that might help? Again, in my case, when I went through this process, it became very clear to me that the life coaching course was what I wanted. I realized that the only reason I was considering the Masters of Clinical Psychology was that it seemed like a logical progression from my previous study and work at also seemed more serious, like my government and academic friends might think it was a more wise choice. And I don't know whether they would think that. That's just what I was telling myself at the time. Whereas the life coaching qualification felt really aligned to where I wanted to be, to where I was moving. But I was concerned that people would judge me and that they would think it was a fluffy or unscientific choice. When this became clear, I was able to then work through some of the fears and show up in my power and choose the option that I knew was best 
for me. And I was also able to work through some of the risks that were associated with it. So really look at things like my finances and what I could do to ensure that I didn't feel like I wasted five grand or however much the course was if things didn't end up working out, that I could afford to keep paying it, that I could make some use of what I learned. So again, I used that worst case scenario to feel a bit, to help me make decisions and put things in place that would help me feel like I had a plan should things not end up working out how I expect them to. And in this particular case, with hindsight, I can say it was the absolute best decision that I could have made. It ultimately became one of the biggest ripples in what has become my business today. I'm very glad I went through this process for it. So today I invite you to store this little decision-making framework in your memory bank and return to this episode whenever you think it might be useful. And if you work with clients or if you have friends or colleagues or anyone who you think might find this process helpful, please, of course, share it wide and far amongst your networks. The more people making decisions that feel true to them, the more dreams for others that will come to life, which is really exciting. I hope you have an excellent rest of the day and a week full of easeful decisions. Are you finding this content useful? Imagine having Naomi in your corner all year for monthly one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited email support and business resources. Visit naomiarnold.com forward slash coaching for details.